I'm excited. As I said, we are kicking off our brand new series, Relation Slips. And uh, it's, you get it? Did you get it? It's going to be a rough one today, Jay. It's going to be rough. That's okay. That's okay. Um, and, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, last week was so phenomenal, wasn't it? Uh, it was so phenomenal. And then we had you two, Monica and Jesse, uh, baptized. And it was a celebration. We love it. Uh, thank you for everyone, that, again, who served last week with the cookies and the cupcakes that were all sugar-free, fat-free, calorie-free. Uh, they, they did good to my hips. And so, uh, so praise God, calories don't work at church. <laughs> I have nothing else to say about that. Um, but uh, so again, I'm excited about uh, about this this series. We're, we're diving for the next four weeks into a relationship series, and so today we're going to build just a foundation, and then each week we're going to move to a, a different relationship that I think is very um, that 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 we all will find ourselves in one of these relationships. And the goal is uh, each week that I would give you um, one way to avoid a relation slip, okay? Um, and, and so what I, before we jump into it, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. That's going to be our first verse for today, Matthew chapter 7. But before I jump into it, I just, and I'm sure everybody here knows, but I just, I want to make sure that you know that I know that you know that uh, my responsibility, my role as a pastor uh, at Discovery is to help you to navigate culture through the lens of Jesus revealed to us in Scripture. That is my role, my responsibility. My role and responsibility is not to help you navigate Scripture through the lens of culture. And, and so this morning, as we talk about relationships and for the next four weeks, and then even for any other message that, that I share, uh, I want you to know that, that the perspective that I am sharing, it's through the lens of Scripture. So we're going to see what God says about parenting through Scripture, what he says about marriage through Scripture, our relationships through Scripture. And I'm excited for that. Now, at the same time, I do understand that everyone in this room is on a different journey in their faith journey. We have some people here who uh, aren't, they, they've never made a commitment to say, Jesus, I want to make you the boss of my life. You, you, like, you're here because someone said, if you come to church, I'll take you to lunch, okay? <laughs> By the way, if that's you, we actually designed this church for you specifically. So you, you're so welcome here. Now the goal, so, so we have this, and then the goal ultimately is, is this perfected uh, faith, conviction, however you want to call it. And I think Jesus models it best when he's praying. He's about to be crucified on the cross, and he says this. He says, God, if there's any way that I don't have to die on the cross, I would love to not. <laughs> but then he says this. He says, but it's not your will, but my will. I'm sorry, nope, it's not my will. Uh, slip. <laughs> We're all work in progress here. And um, it's, not, it's not my will, but your will. 
And, and, and that is, that's the goal that I have for each and every one of us, that we get to the place that no matter, no matter how we feel, what we think, at the end of the day, my goal for each and every one of us, including myself, is to say, God, I don't understand it. I might not like it, but it's not my will. It's your will. And so no matter where you are in this spectrum of, of no relationship with Jesus to this place that we're all trying to get to, I want to be able to, to submit to you some ideas that, that hopefully challenge you that, that give, and, and to allow you to have a space where you can wrestle with it. And you can say, God, I, just, I give this to you. Help me understand it. Amen, somebody? And so, uh, so that's the journey today. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. This is Jesus. He's speaking. It's in red. So, so you know it's him talking. As I said last week, that way if you got an issue with it, you can talk it, take it up to Jesus. It says this, Matthew 7, verse 24. My time is going. i got to go fast. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts, them, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Come on, somebody. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man, don't be offended, uh, who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This morning, briefly, I'm going to try to do it within 18 minutes. We'll see. I want to talk to you from this subject. It's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your kindness that you continue to show us. Lord, we thank you for this amazing Sunday thus far. Lord, we just, uh, the next 18 minutes, God, would you just speak to our heart? Holy Spirit, we recognize you as our guest of honor today, and we say, do what you will. Let our hearts be pliable, good soil, so that when we leave here, we leave changed, we leave better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us, God. And so we thank you, we love you, we honor you in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen, amen. Five words that have changed the game of breakups. It's not you. It's me. How many of you have ever said those five words? Don't raise your hand. We don't want to judge you. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. Now, I remember in Bible college, uh, this, my friends would say this a lot. It's not you. It's me. But, but they, would, they would add, because it's Bible college, they were just a little extra spiritual, you know? And so I remember my, my buddy, he was, he was going to have to uh, break up with this girl. And, uh, and I remember the conversation because in college you got roommates and they're sitting on the couch. And you're just trying to mind your own business while like, eavesdropping a little bit. And, uh, and, and so I, I hear, and my guy, like, he, he had tears in his eyes. He was good. He was really good. And, and he, said, uh, he said, you know, I just... I just feel like God's leading me to this, this place of solitude. And he's crying. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's taking it so hard. And uh, he said, I, 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 think we need to, I think we need to end this. 
But I just want you to know, it's not you. It's me. And, I, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, my heart's breaking for this guy. And so they, the breakup happens. She leaves. And I'm like, I'm hyping myself up because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the friend that, that helps my brother out because he's super sad. And, and I go over to him, and I'm like, hey, man, you know, like, it's, it's okay, man. God loves you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hold on one sec. He picks up his phone. He's like, hey, what's up, girl? My plans just opened up tonight. We good to go. And I was like. My goodness, my goodness. And if we were honest, we would say, in fact, Google, I Googled the phrase, it's not you, it's me. And Google actually said this is a phrase people use to try to ease the tension of a breakup. That they don't really mean it's them. They just say that so the other person doesn't feel like it's a bad thing. And so I'm thinking about this, I, this phrase, these five little words, it's not you, it's me. I'm thinking about these, this, this phrase, and what if I told you that there is some truth to that statement? Like, what, what if, what if there is something about me that does need some work. Like, what if it really isn't you, but in fact, it really is me? Now, let's put that on hold for a second. We are kicking off week number one of our series, Relation Slips. And um, what, what, I, what, I, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at... Um, at the, the, the foundational, this foundational relationship, this relationship it, that we're going to be talking about today is the most important relationship that you will ever jump into. It's more, this relationship is more important than the relationship between you and your spouse. It's more important than the relationship between you and your kids. It's more important than the relationship between uh, you and your girlfriend, you and your boyfriend, you and your mom. Like this is the most important relationship that you can ever, ever jump into. And if you get this relationship right, the relationship that we're going to talk about today, if you can manage to get this one relationship right, it will set you up for every other relationship that you go into. It'll, 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 it'll help you... Um, bear much fruit in every other relationship that you jump into. Now, before I share what that relationship is, I, I want to talk about you first. Now, contrary to what culture may tell you or what you have uh, maybe heard growing up, your best relationship as as, uh, as, as a spouse, it doesn't start with a better spouse. Though it helps. The best parent, parental relationship doesn't begin with a kid that listens better. Though it helps. Come on, parents. The, the best relationship that you can ever have, like in any relationship, 
It's not so much has to do with that other person, but I want to submit to you today that, that it begins with you. It begins with me. That, that if I can learn to, to become better myself, then every other relationship will flourish from that. So i got to become a better me. i got to become a better me. It's not you. It's me. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's not you. It's me. Woo! We got some marriages being restored this morning. Come on. Some dating people are like, you're absolutely right. It is you. So the goal is that we would become a better, a better me, a better me. And, and I think it's, it's important for me to state that I am not referring to a better external you. So I'm not saying a, a better you like a sexier you or a taller you or a slimmer you or whatever. Like that's not, I'm not talking about external better you, but rather I'm talking about a better internal you. A better, a better internal, uh, inside, deep within your heart, your soul, a better, a better you. And that's why this relationship that we are talking about this morning is so important. Because this, this relationship that we're talking about, the friendship that happens best affects the inside of me. It affects my heart in my soul, in my mind. Now, if you still have no idea what relationship I'm talking about, after all that, I'm talking about the relationship between you and Jesus. By far, the most important relationship that you will ever have. It got quiet. Well, it's it's cool. <laughs> The most, it's between you and Jesus. And this, and this is what Jesus is saying in that verse that we just, we opened up with in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is essentially saying, those that are wise know where to build their house on. He said, those who are wise understand that I am the foundation that they build on. And so this is not just principle for your finances. This is not just principle for relationships. This is a principle for your entire life, every aspect of you, that if I want to learn to become wise, it's understanding Jesus first as my firm foundation, and I build on that. And so here is this relationship that, 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 uh, that we're talking about, this idea that Jesus is the most important relationship that you will ever ever. Um, have access to. And so there's a couple reasons why, and then we're going to be done. That's amazing, right? We'll see how quick these points are. But there's a couple reasons why this relationship between Jesus and you and I is so important. And the first reason is, is because there's eternal implications. Right? So Jesus uh, says in John chapter 14 and verse 6, he says, I am the, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, if you're new to this whole church vibe thing, what Jesus is referring to is what we would call the gospel, the good news. 
That there's this God who is holy, who is righteous, and then there is me who is, who is sinful and, and messed up. And because God is holy, because I'm a messed up person, God can't have this relationship with me. And so rather than, than God saying, it is what it is, sorry, next time, what he does is he sends his son Jesus down to earth. And Jesus, he pays the price on the cross for us. He lives a life that we couldn't live. He dies a, di a death that we did not ever want to die, that we could never die. And he, and he, and he sends Jesus, and the moment the moment that I say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord, the boss of my life. Scripture says when I believe and confess that all of a sudden my eternal destination changes. And so now when I do that, God, the holy, righteous God, he doesn't see me through my sin. He sees me through the lens of Jesus. He sees me through the lens of what Jesus did on the cross. And now all of a sudden, yeah, that's great news. Now all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, like Jesus, uh, we, we now, are, our eternity forever changes, which is amazing. But again, I always think about this. Like there has to be more to Jesus than just uh, fire insurance. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't plan on dying for at least another 40 years. And so you're saying that i got to wait at least 40 years to experience and encounter this amazing thing that Jesus offers. And that, that's the great news is that it, it doesn't just stop with an eternal implication. But there's something that happens here on earth as well. And so, so we're talking about why this relationship between you and Jesus is so vital. The first reason, because it has uh, eternal implications. The second reason why this, this relationship is so vital is because Jesus makes me a better me. Jesus makes me a better me. And this is my last point. In John chapter 15, so one chapter later of what we just read, I'll give you a little backdrop of what's happening. Uh, this is affectionately known as the Last Supper. Jesus, he's hanging out with his, his apostles. They have a nice glass of cab. Some warm focaccia bread. Oh, yeah. A nice little uh, filet, seared, not burnt. Right? Like, nice medium rare temperature. Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're at this dinner party. The drink's flowing. The food is being consumed. Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples to let him know that this is, this is going to be the last time I see you. I'm about to, my, my, my mission is about to be fulfilled. And so he says this in John, in John chapter 15, verse 4 through 5. And again, it's under the, this idea, Jesus makes me better. Jesus makes me better. Jesus says this, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch. Now, he's using this word branch as a metaphor. Eventually, he's going to share with us that the branch is you and I. Okay? So he says, 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Again, this vine is another metaphor for Jesus. Okay? Uh, Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. And then he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Y'all, this is a Jesus flex right here, I think. Because Jesus is talking about the vine in the branch. And uh, I'm sure some, some disciple is thinking like, I'm probably the vine. Matthew, you're more like a branch. And you're probably a branch too, Thomas. I don't know. And so I, I wonder like if, if they're, they're trying to figure out who is the branch, who is the vine. And then all of a sudden, Jesus like, flex. He, he, all of a sudden, he lets us know. He puts them into place. He's like, know your role. He said, you're the branch, me, you. I, we're the branch. And he says, I am the vine. And then what Jesus is about to say next is, is crucial. He says this. If you remain in me, if you remain in me. So Jesus, he he establishes the roles. You're the branch. He's the vine. And then he says this, if you remain in me. This idea that Jesus is trying to let us know that there's something that if we tap into him, there's something that he has for us that can change the game. That there's something that he's, he's, he's building up in this little phrase, if you remain in me. He's letting us know that he's the source of something. And he's, and he's letting his, his disciples know, hey, there, there's something that, that, that if, you re, if you remain in me, that I'm going to give you. And then the, the next thing he says, if you remain in me, very next, and I in you. So check this out. Jesus, he doesn't just want to fill you, but he wants to fill you so much that you take it wherever you go. Friends, I think he's referring to the Holy Spirit right there. And so Jesus is like, if you remain in me, so if you come to me as the source, I'm going to fill you, and I'm not going to leave you when you leave because I'm coming with you. He said, so if you remain in me and I in you, and, and watch this, the very next part, the very next part is, 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 is the, the whole reason why Jesus makes me better. He says this, you will bear much fruit. Just think about that. He said, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. How many of you in here this morning, like you want to bear much fruit. I want my life to bear much fruit. In fact, this is what Paul writes in Galatians 5, where he talks about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit gives um, the Holy Spirit, when, when, is he, when the Holy Spirit is evident in our lives, excuse me, our lives begin to produce fruits of the Spirit. And so, so all of a sudden, man, like when Jesus is my source and I go to him, but then he also feels me that all of a sudden my life begins to produce much fruit. And it's fruit that, that makes no sense. 
It makes no sense how I'm having peace when my life is chaotic right now. It's, it's, it's fruit that makes no sense. I don't understand how I'm loving my spouse when they're being a turd right now. It's, it's super, it's something that we can't explain. But, but he said that you will bear much fruit. And then the very next statement, if you are going to get offended, this is the next statement right here, okay? Just warning you. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. He said, remain in me. I'm going to remain in you. When that happens, you will produce much fruit. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, of course, you can do something, right? Like, I know people who don't have a, dads who don't have a relationship with Jesus that are amazing dads. I know, I know marriages that, that, um, that they, they don't have any relationship with Jesus, and they love each other. And so, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do something. But what I want to propose to you this morning that you can have fruit, it just won't bear much fruit. And I want my relationships to bear much fruit. I want my marriage to bear much fruit. I want my relationship between my kids and I to bear much fruit. I don't just want little, I have a tree out front of my house. That has, it's a lemon and an orange tree. They are the worst fruits ever. <laughs> you cut them open, it's like dry and crusty. I'm like, this is not uh, supermarket lemons and oranges. Like, I don't want just fruit. I want the best fruit, y'all. And Jesus is saying, you, like, apart from me of uh, being your source, you can have fruit. It's just not going to bear a lot of fruit. It's not going to bear the best fruit. And so my goal for you this morning is that you would understand this relationship as we build on. Jesus is the foundation that when I do that and he becomes my source and he lives in me, all of a sudden my, my life doesn't just bear fruit, but it bears much fruit. It bears great fruit. Come on, it bears juicy fruit. Let's go. I want fruit, but I want the best fruit. And as the band comes up, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to close with this verse right here. I want more fruit. I want to bear more fruit. And the reason this relationship is so vital between you and Jesus is not that it just uh, has in eternal implications, but this idea that Jesus makes me better. How? Because when I allow him to, he begins to cut away things that I didn't even know was there. He begins to prune things that, that he wants me to grow in. Did you know there's a difference between cutting and pruning? I didn't know that. Cutting is bad. It's when something's dead. Pruning is when you want something to grow more. And so Jesus makes me better because he cuts what is destroying my life. He cuts away things that are dead, and he prunes those things that he sees potential in. He begins to prune those areas in my life that he, that he wired me for, that he created me for.
that, that I've kept it safe. But he's like, no, I'm pruning you because I want you to grow. I want you to increase. I want you to become better. And Jesus, he, he, he's, he's, saying, he's pruning us. He's, he makes us better. And there's this last verse. I hope we have it, Josh, because I don't have it. Oh, I do. Actually, I have my Bible. Oh, okay. I was like, I guys, I brought my Bible. It's amazing. I didn't open it once. Second Corinthians 3.18. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. So we are transfigured, this, this idea, I didn't know what transfigured meant, so I looked it up, made into something more beautiful. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming better. Hey, guys, there is no pressure for you to become like someone else. Gradually. That means you can start where you're at, and as long as you're faithful, you can take a step. Now listen, we are gonna fall back sometimes, but the righteous man falls and gets back up. That's what scripture says. And so this morning, this morning, here, here is uh, here, here is the first relation slip for this week. The first relation slip happens when I believe I can do relationships on my own. 